So I'm watching Skull Island, and man, is that movie packed with way too many characters and way too many actors. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they were thinking. I it was you know it was almost like Avengers Endgame. It was like let's just get every character archetype possible into this movie, and it kind of gives it a frenetic pace. But there were though a lot of amazing actors in the movie, and. One question I often get is, what actor would you want to play X character in your novel? You know, and of course, I have big goals to see all of my work on the screen eventually. So I'm often thinking about that exact question. What characters do I want to see, or what actors do I want to see playing my characters? I've often said John Sullivan was one of my, one of the hardest to answer that question, because, you know, there's... There's a very specific archetypal character who's the kind of brave, nautical, warrior-sailor leader. And I eventually came up with Logan Lerman. A friend of mine totally laughed when I told him that. He's like, Percy Jackson? I've never seen Percy Jackson, so I don't know. All I know is he was amazing in the movie Fury as this young tank soldier in World War II. And he just had... He just really hit that combination of youth and naivete, but also world weariness from seeing war. And I just really loved that. And he has a lot of emotion. He's very sympathetic. And he just kind of looks almost exactly how I imagine John Sullivan looking. So that one was pretty easy. You know, with Galaxy Born, I had a different calculation in mind. Um, you know, this is one of the things I've I've always wanted with a futuristic sci-fi is to create a story that really belongs to everyone. And so one of my goals is I'm writing Galaxy Born with the intention, and I will, ma- I will continually make this. I'm making breakfast while I give you my podcast, so my apologies. I will continually make this a point to call this out both in my books and in my promotion and everything. I want when Galaxy Born is made into a a film, whether that's a a series or a a movie, I want every single character to be open to basically be played by any race, any That is extremely important to me because I do not care about the color of an actor's skin. I care about what they bring to the role. And the reason I say that is because I do think that there is a bias that we all have as artists to kind of write towards our own culture. Now, in some cases, it does kind of matter because if you're writing historical fiction, I think that if you're trying to portray a time as it actually was, Um, what, you know, a character's cultural background matters, right? But if you're portraying a future where, you know, the human race is this big melting pot, you're in a totally different world. And uh, I really enjoy writing my historical fiction. I love writing about high seas adventures. Um, But 
people often say, well, you just wish you lived in that time, don't you? You just wish you could be on a ship in the 1700s or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I would not enjoy the experience of getting my my uh, leg impaled by a splinter as ships are firing at each other. And the only treatment for it is to hack off the whole leg and then live my whole life as a cripple who's basically unhirable in those t- days. Uh, no, that'd be pretty awful. Also, not wild about living in a time where people could legally own people in a, uh, you know, that's not, I mean, that's a brutal time. It's, uh, people tend to romanticize the past. I think we all, we romanticize the recent past, frankly. I kind of romanticize the 80s a little bit. (laughs) It's like, uh, being a kid in the 80s, it was, but I was a kid in the 80s. I wasn't dealing with adult life problems. So to me, the 80s was just a time with lots of flashy, you know, fun, you know, Nintendo. So I think that's, that's kind of just to explain that, like, I love historical fiction and period pieces, but I also get a little worn out on them because sometimes I want to tell a different story, a story about humanity that's moved past all that crap. Um, And that's what Galaxy Born is. It's about a future in which humanity has moved past a lot of its current problems and is now facing new problems because that's the real story. You know, there's a kind of meme, a narrative that we're always stuck on the same, you know, the problems of our past, but the sins of our past, we're still paying for them today. And I just, I really hate this narrative because it's not accurate. You know, it, it is true that that the tragedies of the past echo in, in our time, but the reality is that humanity has learned lessons from our mistakes, and we have made improvements, and we've also taken step backwards in some areas. I'm not denying that, but just look at it this way. All things being equal, would you rather live in the year... 2021 or the year 1621. And you can pick whatever part of the world you want to live in in 1621, but uh, I don't think I want to live anywhere in 1621. Why? Because the human race is a lot better in many ways than it was back then. So lessons learned. So I'm very excited to have Galaxy Born I can tell a different story with new challenges and everyone is welcome to the party. And that is fabulous. And I'm really excited about that. That's a big digression. So why am I bringing that up? Well, I just am going to make it very clear that I want, I do not want any of these characters to be typecast. I guess the reason for this too, is that like historically you'd have like a, you know, take Spider-Man, you know, character written in like the 60s. And then they create the new version of Spider-Man, Miles Morales, who's half Hispanic, half African-American. And fans throw a fit about that. I have some sympathy in that I think there is a... I want to see new perspectives in these characters and I really I really liked uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because I think that was a really great take on 
how to write new versions of Spider-Man, you know, that, that there's multiple Spider-Mans and alternate realities. I think that was really cool. But there's that kind of legacy thing of like, Spider-Man is this nerdy white kid from Queens. And I don't think there's always a lot of maliciousness in fans sort of insisting he remain that way, because I think that's how people have grown up with him. On the other hand, you know, all the characters in those days, well, most of them, I should say, uh, were white characters because of the bias of our culture. And it's a good thing that that bias is changing, right? So there's a weird situation where you have this kind of legacy of characters where race somehow matters, you know? And I feel like in the new world, it really doesn't have to matter anymore. So in Galaxy Born, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. In the Galaxy Born world, it doesn't matter to the characters. Like, Humans in the future of Galaxy Born don't even think of themselves as different races anymore. They think of themselves as a single species, humanity, humans. They're aware of the history of humans behaving badly towards each other based on strange tribalistic beliefs about the content of melanin in your skin, uh, which is sort of odd to them in the way that many things historically are odd to us, um, you know, Burning witches at the stake is very odd to us from our perspective now. But, you know, there was a time when a lot of people believed that magical powers were a major daily problem in humans' existence, right? So the characters in Galaxy Born are past all that, and I want any casting of Galaxy Born to reflect that. So I'm very careful in my writing to not say... You know, Cole is a white guy, or Cole is specifically looks like this or that, which is kind of hard. I kind of have to give him a, a physical description. Um, I see him as very much reflective of kind of my life experience, so he tends to be a California guy. Um, <clears throat> but the point is that I don't want any fans of my work to get attached to the idea that any character has to to look a certain way you know when it comes to casting for a film my intention is and always has been that any actor who brings the right skill and dynamic to that role should get that role and i would just and I think that's such a, an exciting idea. And that goes for pretty much all the characters in Galaxy Born. But Carly and Cole specifically, because they're protagonists. And I want, and I, I do write both of them very much to be in that, to fit that goal, right? So anyway, that's kind of my reasoning for all that. I just had the most crazy realization watching Kong Skull Island. Corey Hawkins would make an awesome Cole Sadler. So I I remember Corey Hawkins taking up the mantle of Jack Bauer in uh, the, the 24 follow-up series, which sadly did not succeed. And I don't think that actually had much to do with Corey Hawkins as an actor. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I don't know, there's something about 
the concept of 24, which in its day was my favorite show ever. But there's something about it that's dated. There's something about the, the, the format and the formula of that show that just, it's old somehow. And it just doesn't work. So just to back up a little bit, there was a 24, eight seasons, nine seasons actually, uh, where Kiefer Sutherland plays Jack Bauer, this uh, counter-terrorist, this counter-terrorist agent. And the show takes place, it's an hour-long show, it takes place over the course of an hour, and it's in real time. So all the events in the show are happening in real time. And it's always a ticking time bomb scenario. There is a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles, but we don't know where it is, and it's due to go off in 24 hours. It's not quite that, Pat, but anyway. And Jack Bauer has to go around mostly like uh, threatening and yelling at bad guys and essentially torturing them in a chair and then himself being tortured in a chair by bad guys to find the bomb before it goes off and kills millions of people. And it usually, most of the scenes go something like this. Who are you working for? Tell me, where is the bomb? That's something like that. Anyway, he's amazing. It's a great show. To this day, I have warm, fuzzy memories. And, by the way, I very much long to recreate that amazing, suspenseful dynamic in something in the future. I just haven't figured out how yet. But stay tuned, because I will. But anyway, Jack Bauer, great character. But, you know, after, like, nine seasons of, like, loss and sacrifice and being tortured and just, try, you know, fighting all these evil terrorists... I mean, he was pretty much a hollowed-out husk of a human, and as a character, he was pretty worn out. And so they rightly sort of retired the character in the final season in a fairly well-done way. And then they did a follow-up series called 24 Legacy, and it brought in a new character, a young guy played by Corey Hawkins from his breakout role straight out of Compton, and... He's basically, uh, what was he? I think he was like a Marine or a Navy. I think he was an, I think he was an ex-Marine and he, he's in intelligence. No, no. It's been a while since I saw the show. He was a Marine and him and his former unit are being targeted for assassination by terrorists. And he doesn't know why. And he gets caught up in a counter-terrorist operation to stop them. And he kind of winds up working his way into eventually becoming an agent. And they only did like one season and it had some real high points, but it also had some real low points. There were some like really cheesy episodes that were not, there was however, a pretty amazing sequence where he has to go. There's something in a police station he has to get to stop the terrorists. And he has to basically break into a police station steal something from evidence, if I remember correctly, and then he has to escape. And of course, the police have to stop him. But he's a good guy, so he's not trying to kill the police, but they're trying to kill him because they think he's a bad guy. So it is just this, it's a typically 24 plot where it's like the good guy has to do something kind of crazy and insane against other good guys to save the day, which is probably one of the reasons I love 24 so much. It would create those really fascinating and exciting situations. A perfect example, in one episode of season four, to save 
the Secretary of Defense from being executed by the caliphate live on TV, on a web stream, I should say. Jack Bauer, and incidentally, the Secretary of Defense's daughter, his lover, Jack Bauer has got to stay on this terrorist that he's following. And the terrorist goes on a detour into a convenience store, and for convoluted reasons I won't go into, Jack Bauer has to delay him from leaving that convenience store or else he will, you know, lose the guy and then he won't be able to find the Secretary of Defense and save his life. So Jack Bauer is faced with the problem. I have to delay this guy. I have to keep him at this convenience store and I have like basically no way to do it without blowing my cover. I had, you know, the guy can't figure out that I, I can't go in and say I'm an agent or he'll he'll know that something's wrong and then it'll blow my whole plan. So Jack Bauer basically on the fly comes up with the idea of putting on a ski mask, drawing his gun and deciding to pretend to rob the convenience store in order to delay the guy. And it's freaking amazing because you basically watch the hero of the show acting like a horrific convenience store robber, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> That's the beauty of 24. And there were some great moments like that in the one with Corey Hawkins, but sadly, it just, I don't know, the concept, there's gotta be a way to revitalize this concept. I believe there's a way to do it. I think there's a new story to be told somewhere, but the current the writers of that show did not find it. Let's just put it that way. They did not find a, it was a very old kind of plot and it just wasn't that exciting anymore after nine seasons of it. And I hate to say that because I love 24 and I wanted it to be good. I really did. But, but Corey Hawkins was great and would have made a great successor, I think, to Jack Bauer. Definitely younger, more green. That's, that's you know, it's a different kind of, of lead character because Jack Bauer brought that kind of older, wiser, you know, just his age. And he, he played a character who's a more experienced agent. So it's kind of fun to have in sort of a young agent who's new to the job. Like that's kind of an interesting dynamic. So I felt like that would work too. So I've always liked him as an actor. And I think Cole has a blend of kind of badassery, but also he's kind of a goofball in some ways. She may not come across that way in the beginning of Galaxy Born, and that's for a reason. But ultimately, that is kind of his personality. He's got he's got a lighter, sarcastic side, but he's also got kind of a dark side, which I not as dark as John Sullivan, but a slight, you know, he's got that. So anyway, I just thought Corey Hawkins would be a great actor to play him. Which got me thinking about other concepts other goals I have for Galaxy Born in general. But, you know, all that being said, this is a writer sort of fantasizing about uh, his dream. No, I should say dreaming about his dream TV series or Galaxy Born series. Uh, but the reality is one day uh, there will be a lot of amazing opportunities. And I don't know what the ultimate what it's ultimately going to look like. I just know that I believe in this concept and one day it's going to be awesome. It's going to be some great new roles and it's galaxy born is going to bring to life a future that we sorely need.
we sorely need to see. And I'm still a great fan of dystopia and creepy sci-fi futures. Um, But I'd like to give the world something else, too. So something new. And uh, and a take, a kind of sci-fi that I miss and that I loved. um, And that, frankly, a kind of sci-fi that saved my life. That being the uplifting message of Star Trek The Next Generation when I was a kid. You know, it's it's hard to ever assign any one thing in your life all the credit for something positive. But I can just tell you that of the of the things in my life that I reached for when I was sad and low and needed hope and needed belief and needed frankly some kind of uh, caring in the world for me, you know, I just, when I was reaching for that, I was reaching for Star Trek. So in its heyday, that's what it could be to people. And uh, anyway, so I'm not trying to recreate Star Trek precisely because there are elements of Star Trek that I'm not, I'm just not as wild about. So Galaxy Born is definitely its own thing, but my goal is I hope that one day it'll be something also that someone somewhere who's feeling low and maybe is tempted to believe the worst about humanity reaches for Galaxy Born and feels better.